Hi friends, Denise Walker here, your host. Welcome to Detox Podcast. This is episode 10, Manic Intoxication. Episode 10, yay! Um, first things first, mark your calendars, November 10th. Head on down to Seattle, Washington. Uh, it's going to be a really, really super awesome kundalini yoga and poetry workshop that I'll be putting on with Teg Dian Kar and... It's going to blow your mind. It's going to rock your world. <laughs> Tickets available on Eventbrite. It's called Whisper and Roar, Seattle, November 10th. And yeah, uh, you can buy Pick Your Poison if you're interested in a physical hard copy uh, on Amazon.ca.com. Um, all over the world, you can get it. Uh, if you're interested in a physical signed copy, uh, find me on Facebook. Uh, or Instagram uh, at Denise J W A, and uh, we I'll set you up. I can send you a copy, and it'll be lovely. Uh, so here we go. One of my favorite poems: Manic Intoxication. I hope you love it too. Another day of shimmering freedom, where the only shackle is my skin. My head is full of bubbles and sweetness, only fractionally aware that this could be fleeting. Somewhere, far away, there's a darker side of this brilliant silver, a moment along my timeline that I hope to wholly avoid, but that's for another day, another me. You won't want to hear it, but I don't think of you as often, and the thought of you doesn't affect me as much. I see you in the hands of others, against the lips of strangers and friends alike. It's not their fault, you're irresistible, only now, by some miracle, I can't remember why. I will fight to the teeth for this glimmering light that occupies my mind. For to fall to your manic intoxication would be every fault mine. I love this poem because this is what I wrote when, as the first time, I felt true freedom from my addiction. I could feel the space in my head where the constant mental gymnastics used to take place, and I was now free to fill it with something else, decorate as I choose, furnish as I like. I chose to view it as a sweet, blissful openness that was filled with bubbles and sweetness and candy and unicorns and all lovely childlike, childlike, joyful things that should have been taking up the space in my head this whole time. I let it feel big and expansive and magical and comforting. It was hope at last. I knew it couldn't possibly stay forever. I knew the darkness would return, but I couldn't possibly be bothered by the thought of that. I was having days after days of things feeling good and free, and that if physics allowed, I would expand until I filled the entire room or street or city or sky. I felt unending, where the only thing holding me back was the literal physical parameter that is my flesh. There's nothing quite as significant as the first time I was able to be around other people drinking alcohol and not be triggered. Uh, Previously, it had been extremely uncomfortable and painful and I would have to bring bags of chips and snacks and like 50 different kombuchas to social gatherings to make sure my mind and my body felt occupied as if my hands uh, were filled already there would be no way alcohol could sneak its way in I'd be busy (laughs) I would basically chug non-alcoholic beer because it sort of looks like real beer and maybe people wouldn't ask me why I wasn't drinking Maybe they wouldn't clue in to there was no alcohol in my beverage. Sometimes I'd write out say that I was an addict, and sometimes I felt too fragile in my sobriety to take those questions on. So I 
sometimes tried to be a little less obvious about it. And I was angry. I was angry at all the people around me who were drinking, and I wasn't. It wasn't jealousy, really. It was the fact that I had woken up and I could finally see alcohol for what it was, and everyone around me was sleeping. They just went on with their party lives and didn't question a thing, and here I was, suddenly very aware and questioning everything. Questioning our conditioning, our social programming. It was another isolating experience, much like being addicted was, and I had no one in real life to share the loneliness with. I was hyper-aware of alcohol. I saw it on the sandwich boards I passed on my way to work. I heard it a million times in conversation every day, in everyday places. When I was freshly sober, I signed up to be a vendor at the 124 Grand Market here in Edmonton. My best friend runs it, and I wanted a way to network and sell my books to Edmontonians. And that at that point, I only had one book, my debut novel, Cedar Valley, which is a dystopian thriller, a murder mystery type book. Um, if you're unaware uh, of what dystopian means, it is the opposite of utopia. Um, usually has some sort of oppressive force going on in the book um, where everybody's kind of battling against. Uh, but anyways, um, <coughs> sorry, still sick. Uh, it is available on Amazon if you're interested. Uh, but books at a farmer's market, you say? Crazy. I, I thought so too. But I actually managed to make some decent sales and uh, met a lot of cool people. Uh, but that's not where I was going with this, really. Uh, before the market season commenced, I went to the orientation night, an inform informational gathering about expectations and operations, etc. I can't even tell you how many times alcohol was mentioned in that meeting. A farmer's market meeting. There was coffee offered, and almost every person said something along the lines of wanting something stronger than creamer to put in it, and then having the facilitator joke back that they actually did have something stronger, and they should feel free to help themselves in the mini-fridge, and jokes about margaritas and tacos, and how the food trucks should sell, sell drinks, and blah blah blah, and I don't know, yeah. and more laughing about coming together for drinks post-market days, and drunken karaoke, and free drink tickets to Arcadia Bar, and the year-end vendor bender, uh, where at the end, all the vendors get together and get drunk and celebrate a good, successful year. Uh, hello, I I don't know, like, I felt so damn vulnerable in that room. Vulnerable and discarded and othered. Here I am, attempting something crazy that I'd never done before, trying to make friends and establish myself, but with the condition that I must partake in alcohol culture to feel like I belonged. Everyone was in on the joke but me. That, vulnerable that vulnerability manifested as anger. I remember that night as the first time I tr felt, truly felt angry about the presence of alcohol in our society. I cannot go to Vendor Bender. How ridiculous would that be? I did go to the first night at Arcadia Bar and drink craft cream soda out of a stout glass, but it felt forced and loud and not my scene. And I'm not the only sober person in the world. I'm not. And it makes me angry because this behavior is non-inclusive. Not everything should revolve around alcohol and use it as a bonding agent. That is dangerous. That's a dangerous game. I even printed myself a shirt that says sober bitch, and I wore it like armor on days that I felt vulnerable like this. Not at the market, but um, that might isolate my customers. <laughs> um, but like going to the grocery store and stuff, you know, scary place. Um, but in this poem, I wasn't angry. It was the first time I was around drinking people, watching them put wine and beer to their lips. I felt free. I didn't have an attachment. 
I was my own person, separate from their social, societal norms and pressures, and they were doing what they were conditioned to do, and I wasn't part of it. And I got to do what I wanted to do, even though I was near them. And I would fight to hold on to that feeling because I knew it would be fleeting. And honestly, it was. I still get angry. I just try not to let it show too much in a bitchy way. Um, I'm 16 months sober talking to you right now. And parties are still hard. They make me uncomfortable. And they seem crazy to me. I tend to avoid things like that because really, what's the point? Another day of shimmering freedom, where my only shackle is my skin. My head is full of bubbles and sweetness, only fractionally aware that this could be fleeting. Somewhere, far away, there's a darker side of this brilliant silver. A moment along my timeline that I hope to wholly avoid. That's for another day, another me. You won't want to hear it, but I don't think of you as often, and the thought of you doesn't affect me as much. I see you in the hands of others against the lips of strangers and friends alike, it's not their fault, you're irresistible, only now, by some miracle, I can't remember why. I will fight to the teeth for this glimmering light that occupies my mind. For to fall to your manic intoxication would be every fault mine.